Hello, this is Gavin, and today's podcast is on managing your boss. Now, just in case you didn't get it from my last podcast, my video on happiness, um, the Think Happiness app is now freely available for free in iTunes. All you have to do is go to iTunes Store and search Think Happiness. You'll see the icon with the green thinking man with the fuzzy hair. Well, so managing your boss, eh? Um, Now, it's probably the most important relationship you have at work. You may not have realized it, but I'll explain why in a second. And if I ask most people, well, what's your strategy for your most important relationship at work, i.e. managing your boss, most people would go, I don't know, I haven't thought about it. Or they go, yeah, you know, I kind of have thought about it, but he's a complete arse, and I just can't be bothered to manage him or her. So for those of you who know me quite well, um, you'll know I do some contracts now and again where I go in and work for someone, and you're probably sitting there thinking, hang on a minute, Gav, uh, you really don't manage your boss because you kind of seem to get in trouble or arsey or whatever it is with whoever you're working for. And the answer to them and to you is, it's too late for me, save yourself. I decided... um, Uh, quite a few years back that actually I don't like being managed Um, so I made a conscious decision to go and do my own thing Um, and now and again I do do contracts but because it's for a short time i.e. no more than a year it's something I can keep a handle on. Certainly when I was younger I certainly did think about how to manage my boss because I knew then it was good for me and it was only when I got um, slightly more senior in my career that I realized the absolute impact you have on your career by having or not having a relationship with your boss. I remember being around a senior management table with a large insurance company and just listening to the other managers of the same level to me discussing some people who work for them. And in those discussions I could see people's careers halted in their tracks just through one or two negative comments. And they stuck forever because no matter what this person did in the future, the management team would always remember some negative doubts. So if you haven't thought about it before, hopefully I've raised your awareness and you've decided to think about it. If you're in that position where you think, oh, I can't be bothered, it's too much hard work, then let me take you through how we make decisions on everything in life, literally everything. We have two mistresses in our life, pain and pleasure. Now when we make decisions, we weigh up the pain and we weigh up the pleasure. Whichever stronger forces our decision. So to give you an example, if I see a cake and go, mmm, I fancy a cake, the pain is, well, if I eat the cake, I might become a chunky monkey. The pleasure is, it's so nice, it's going to taste absolutely gorgeous. And if the pleasure outweighs the pain, then I'll go ahead and eat the cake. Now with your relationship with your boss, the pleasure would be career progression, happy working relationship, helping your development, mutual respect, trust, openness, support when required, income, influence, high self-esteem. The pain would be my boss annoys me, why should I? Why should I change? It may mean I have to change. I don't think they deserve my help. It takes effort. Now, when you look at the pleasure aspects in managing up, 
they look very tempting. They certainly outnumber the pain. However, they are not a certainty. If it all goes well, they might happen. What is a certainty is the pain. You will have to make a change to your behavior, which is an immediate, tangible pain. I think this is the major reason why most people do not make the conscious change as the immediate pain outweighs the potential pleasure. A cure to this paradox is to phrase the question as an implication question, i.e., what will happen if I do not manage my boss? The answers are, in effect, the reverse of the pleasure, i.e., I will not be promoted, I'll not get a pay increase, my self-esteem will go down, etc., etc. This is still not guaranteed to happen, however, combined with the pleasure, it is usually enough to tip the scales into action. Putting aside all the initial pain of developing a strategy to manage a boss, the reality is it is critical for your career development. It's probably the most important work and relationship you have. Make the most of it. Okay, so what I'm going to do is just outline a simple plan of action for you, um, give you some tips, and give you some ideas on how to improve your working relationship with your boss. So firstly, let's look at communication style. Um, if you've done Myers-Briggs, you may recognize some of this. If you haven't done Myers-Briggs, don't worry about it. It's quite straightforward. The first thing to look at is, is your boss a talker or a thinker? If they're a talker, in Myers-Briggs, we'd call these people extroverts. They basically uh, like to talk. Um, they get their energy from being around people, welcome interruptions, quite often interrupt you. They're usually quite easy to read because their main brain is coming out of their mouth. They tend to talk, think, talk. If they're a thinker, in Myers-Briggs, we'd call these people introverts. Uh, they're kind of a bit more difficult to read. They like time alone usually prefer um, things in writing so they can think about it. They like to think, talk, think, and get their energy from being by themselves. They rarely interrupt you, and quite often, especially if you're a talker yourself, it's like trying to get blood from a stone to try and understand where on earth they're coming from. If you want more information on extroversion, introversion, or talker, thinker, just have a look at the video cast in the iTunes section on extroversion and introversion. Now, if you've got a difference between you and your boss, you could have a potential clash. Even if you're the same, you still could irritate each other. So I'm just going to give you some tips on how to deal with each side. So if you've got a talking boss, remember they need to articulate their thinking and often cut across what you're saying. They are not being rude. Allow them adequate time to discuss and ask questions. Focus on the action they should take. Provide immediate feedback and verbal acknowledgement. Remember, these people like to talk, think, talk, and need to know you are participating. If you've got a thinking boss, one of the quiet ones, uh, these are some tips to deal with those. Um, if you can, present an agenda or any ideas you have in advance, if possible by email, to give them time to think about what you're going to talk about. Make questions concise, so when you ask your question, shut up and allow them to answer the question. Take care not to fill the silence once you've asked the question, especially you talkers out there. It really does annoy thinkers. Remember, they probably want to think before they make a decision, so don't keep pushing them. Allow them adequate time to think and reflect. These people tend to think, 
talk, think. Now, if you've got a difference here between talkers and thinkers, you probably find your relationship can be a bit strained, um, and you might find the other person a bit weird. Don't forget they think you're just as weird as you think they are. And there's nothing wrong here. It's just that talkers like to talk and thinkers like to think. It's perfectly normal human psychology. Now, the other area to look at in terms of communication is how people take in information. If you've done Myers-Briggs, it's sensing or intuition. If you haven't done Myers-Briggs, don't worry about it. It's just facts or high level. If you've got a boss who's a facts person and they like to focus on the facts, the detail, the realism of what you're talking about, the practicality, and the step-by-step approach on how things could get done. So if you have a boss who is very high level, a bit like me when I used to be a boss, these people tend to like the summary or the big picture of what you're talking about. They like options, they don't like specifics or details, they get lost with the detail. So as before, let me give you some tips on how to deal with either side. I'm conscious that I'm giving you lots of information in a verbal way, so I've put a PDF document on the website uh, which covers everything I've just talked about and everything I'm going to talk about. It's about 11 pages. Uh, you can stick it on your Kindle or your iPhone and uh, take your time to uh, read it to your heart's content. So you just need to go to thinktd.co.uk. So the detail bosses, um, remember they need to understand the order, the sequence, the detail, the mechanics of what you're talking about, offer specifics, practical solutions, focus on the present and how your solutions have worked in the past for others. They will go through the proposals thoroughly, remember that. Quite often they get stuck in the detail and can't see the big picture. Just show them how it all links to the big picture. Do that and you won't go far wrong. Uh, the high-level bosses, uh, me, if you give me detail, I just fall asleep, I can't help myself. Remember, they need the big picture first, and then they'll ask you for some detail. Offer options at the first call rather than prescriptive answers. Focus on the future, opportunities and ideas. They will be looking for the executive summary and proposals, and then they'll jump around that proposal. Quite often, they miss key details, so you need to show them what they've missed. So that's um, communication with the boss. The next area to look at is um, to really get in your boss's shoes and try and think of what they're trying to do or achieve. Once you really get in their shoes and try and understand where they're coming from, you can work out how you can help them. And if you help them achieve their objectives, guess what? It looks good on you. It also takes away some of the frustration sometimes because you might be thinking, why is this person such an idiot? If you understand what they're trying to do, then that can kind of reduce the frustration. Okay, next area to look at is your boss's strengths and weaknesses. And you might want to have a quick look at yours as well. Because if you identify what they're really good at and what they're not so good at, then you can work out how you can plug the gap and help them out. And by the way, if you help them out, again, it looks good on you. Also, if you identify what your weaknesses are, you can find out where your boss can help develop you. I work with lots of people where they complain about their boss not being good at this and not being good at that. And it's only because they're not as good as they are, because that's their strength. But what they fail to realize is their boss can help them out in completely different areas, which are their weaknesses. Okay, so you've worked out uh, the boss's communication style and what yours is. 
uh, you've looked at what their objectives are and how you can possibly help them and you've looked at their strengths and weaknesses and your strengths and weaknesses. So you've pretty much covered the whole thing. The rest of this is really just to look at some things which um, you need to be very careful of. The first one is uh, hot buttons and pet hates. Think of something that you really dislike or that really annoys you, such as people being late or the way people greet you when they see you. Whatever it is, you will have a pet hate. When people do it, it drives you nuts. So work out what your boss's pet hate is and make sure you don't do it because it annoys them really deeply. I can't tell you how many times I've come across this situation. You have an employee who is really good at what they do, but they're always late. And they have that look of, no, oh, you know what I'm like, oh, I'm always late. And it just drives the boss completely insane. And you know that as good as this person is, they're never really going to get promoted because they keep pushing the boss's hot buttons. And the boss may not kind of explode on the person, but deep down, there's just a, a rumbling of complete annoyance with this person. So be careful, find out what the boss's pet hate is and make sure you don't do it. Because you'll never really know actually how much it annoys them. Okay, the next bit is to look at non-verbal communication. Now over half of your communication and your boss's communication is non-verbal. It's not what you're saying or how you're saying, it's what your body's saying. And if you take some time just to watch body language, you'll be amazed at how good you are at reading people. Now, knowing someone's state of mind from their body language, i.e. if they're in a good mood, they'll display it through their body language. And knowing when they're in a bad mood is critical for when you want to get ideas or things through or past your boss. So I wouldn't want to um, offend you by stating the bleeding obvious here, but if you want to get something past your boss and they're in a good mood, you've got a much better chance of them saying yes than if they're in a bad mood. See, I think people uh, expect bosses to be robots, to make sound decisions all the time, but the reality is they're just people in a good mood, they're more likely to say yes. In a bad mood, they're more likely to say no. So um, I've worked with a few bosses over the years, and uh, there's always been some non-verbal clues that they're in a very dangerous, scary uh, mood. I won't mention what they are because some of those bosses may be listening to this podcast right now. Um, but I've certainly, um, uh, in the past, worked out when it's time to get out of there as quickly as possible. Um, because something happens, the more senior people get, um, the more powerful they get, and sometimes the more erratic they get as well. So watch people's nonverbal language very carefully. You'll be amazed at what you can discover. People will give clues on a good mood. That's usually easier to read, but they'll certainly give some very strong, almost like ticks, um, for a very dangerous mood. And that's the time for you to get out of that meeting as soon as possible. So I just want to go through some, um, some final attitude rules. Um, if you've listened to any of my stuff before, you know I will keep banging on about uh, success is down to attitude and not down to knowledge and skills. So I just want to go through some attitude rules for you, uh, which you can take or leave. I'd suggest you try and take as many of them as possible. Rule number one, no surprises. Obviously, your boss does not want surprise negative news, uh, especially if they're in a meeting with their boss. Do all you can to minimize surprises. Keep them informed all the time. 
This also applies to positive news, which may surprise you. I was once in a meeting where I surprised my boss with some good news about budgets. I'd held the information back until I could meet him to give him the good news face to face. The positive good news landed badly uh, due to the timing delay had cost him an opportunity to do something else and redirect some money to some other place. He wasn't pleased. It didn't go the way I expected it to go. Rule number two, admit mistakes and do it quickly. Everybody makes mistakes. If you mess up, let your boss know as soon as possible. At least they'll be the first to know and they may be able to help you out. Trust me, when somebody else tells your boss about a mistake you've made, it's not fun. If you've made a mistake, apologize properly. Do not apologize and then blame someone else. It looks like you're passing the buck and I absolutely hate it myself when I was a boss where somebody else passes the blame onto another person. Rule number three, provide solutions, not problems. This is my biggest pet hate, is somebody bringing me a problem without even thinking about what the possible solution could be. Always come with some ideas on solutions. This shows you have a can-do attitude. This shows you our promotion material. I cannot tell you the number of times I've heard people being reviewed where they fall into two camps. Camp one, not the place to be if you want to get on. Uh, always moaning about things, never has a view on how to fix things, problems only person. Camp two, great attitude, solves problems, takes action, comes with solutions to problems. When your boss is with his colleagues discussing all the people that work for them, people fall into those two camps. Make sure you're in the right camp. Rule number four, be honest, trustworthy, loyal, and committed. Bosses do not like people who are not honest, trustworthy, loyal, and committed. Generally, people do not promote people they do not like. Rule number five, never go above or behind your boss's back. If you step into this territory, you've just entered a very dangerous area. If your boss finds out, which they always do, Going back to being honest, trustworthy, loyal and committed, you're on your own and good luck. Rule five, the final one, request feedback and accept it. Ask your boss for feedback on your performance. Most people surprisingly do not do this. There is a good chance you may not like some of the feedback or feel it's wrong. Whatever you feel, accept it. This is their perception. Their perception is their reality. Their reality is your next appraisal. And finally, have a strategy and follow it. Your career may depend on it. So there we have it, a 20-minute guide on how to manage your boss. Uh, the PDF covering everything I've just talked about is on the website, thinktd.co.uk. Now, luckily these days, there aren't too many complete nut job bosses out there due to good HR rules. However, sometimes you do find that a couple do slip through. And if you're in one of those unfortunate positions where you work for someone who is tearing the life out of you, remember this quote, no one has the right to make you feel inadequate without your permission. You can do something about this. You just need to look at the way you think and feel about things. And I would suggest you have a look at the happiness app, uh, which is free on iTunes. Just search Think Happiness. So most people listening to this podcast probably have a boss. So even if you're a chief exec, you still need to report to someone. And most of this is about managing upwards. However, you can use this to manage downwards. If you have somebody working for you who's um, causing you a few problems, print off the PDF, sit down with them, and go through all the points we've covered and see if there's a part 
that can be fixed to help the relationship. I hope you found this useful. Until next time, oh, and don't forget, the Happiness app is in iTunes. It's free. Just search Think Happiness. Until next time, take care. See you.